a podcast. Did your radio show get canceled? Fire, fire, fire. Low down and filthy, but the discipline is on point. Schooled myself, made my own dojo. A cold flow with the whole dose of soul. Maintain composure, even in theory. An anomaly, properties undiscernible to mere peasants. Use weapons that This week on the Pete the Planner Show, we talked to a young woman in Jersey who's working two jobs because she wants to retire early. And the best part is when she gave us a fake name to call her, she gave herself a fake first and last name. So I welcome to the program... Debbie Young. Hello, Debbie Young. <laughs> Hi, how's it going? Good. I don't know. I think this was like our 9,000th episode or something like that. Maybe 300. No one knows. And uh, I think you're the first person that chose a fake last name. <laughs> uh, take points for originality. Hey, uh, take what you can get. So uh, you're a hustler, 35, working two gigs. I love it. Tell me why. I, 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 this is the, I got to know uh, off the jump here. Are you working two gigs because you feel like you need to or because... In order to accomplish your long-term goals, uh, you need to. Like, help me understand that. It's a 50-50. So in my 20s, I spent 10 years in the military, and I kind of just took that opportunity to pay off personal debts. I kind of went a little crazy on the credit cards. Um, And then once I got everything cleared, I kind of felt like I wasn't prepared for retirement the way I should have been. So I've just been trying to play catch-up, basically. Well, I mean, I, I, I love your situation, and more than anything, I love the ambition of trying to retire early. Now, when I say retire early, that means something different to everyone. Some people think it means in your 30s. Others think it means 64. What does retire early mean to you? Uh, I want to just be like a part-time employee by 55 and then fully non-working by 60, so I can move to Brazil and kind of do a non-for-profit just to give a little back. Brazil? Like, yeah. like the country of Brazil, not like Brazil, Indiana, which is an hour south of where I am right now. No, definitely the country of Brazil. Have you ever seen the movie Rio about those parrots? Uh, yes, I've seen part one and two. Yeah, see, I got kids, and so I'll be just <laughs> eating some dinner. We'll have it be like Taco Tuesday, and the TV will be on, and it's just like Rihanna's singing Fly to Rio. It's just really complicated household <laughs> life I live now. You work, your, your primary income is $62,000 a year. Um, how will that change over time? Will it stay pretty, pretty steady or can go up? What is it? It goes up by 3% every year. All right. Is there any pension associated with that primary gig? Or um, when you retire, do you not get any income other than what you saved? Right. Unfortunately, we only have whatever you invest into the 401k, but I did earn a military pension, which I did defer until I reached Social Security age. Okay, well, now you're talking. Was this in the notes, or did I, am I a poor reader? I don't, sometimes I skim. No, I didn't mention it. Oh, my, it's my favorite part. Oh, do you know how much, uh, first of all, thanks for your service. I don't want to gloss over that by any means. Um, how, how long, uh, or how much do you think you'll earn a month when you take it, two decades from now? Uh, so it should be 2400 a month. Once I get to 62. Okay. And if I wait to 68, they'll throw in an extra 800 bucks. Okay. I like the way this is heading right now. Um, Your side gig, your side gig, you're making 18,000 to 22,000 bucks. Are you having to work long, long, long hours on that side gig or is it seasonal? Help us understand like how you're able to do that. Uh, So because I work for baseball, it's seasonal, but I do get um, out-of-season work. It's just really slow. So right now we're currently in the winter, so I may work one day a week there. 
Um, but once spring training kicks up, I usually get about four to five, depending if I can work it in after or before my full-time job. I know we're recording this episode late in 2018, but I think you may have just said my favorite phrase spoken on this podcast in 2018, I work for baseball. Like I, just, <laughs> I love the idea that it's just like, but you work for Major League Baseball. Right. Yeah, but for a second there was like the whole concept of a sport is what you worked for for just a few seconds there, and I was pretty excited about that idea. Um, <laughs> so, how long will you make that uh, piece of income your reality? Do you intend on on continuing to do that? Is it a temporary thing? What, what are your thoughts? Oh, uh, I have. I can do this until basically I get fired. I really do enjoy it, um, and there's opportunities to move up. But it's just you know I like to earn as much as I can to try and, like I said, I'm, I've, in my mind, I've been playing catch up because I feel like in my 20s, I should have saved a little more and I haven't. And so my idea was in your 30s, just try and do as much as you can. So that involves working more hours and trying to save more. Have you always been this ambitious? Like, I, I, like you were in the military, right? So you need sort of need a certain mindset there. Did you develop this mindset in the military? Like, or have you always been this way? I think the military forced me to become this way. My mother and grandmother uh, both, unfortunately, got ill very early in their working careers and stopped working. And so seeing them struggle in their older years has kind of put a fire up under me. Sure. Now, in your household, um, are you the only person that is dependent on this income, or is anyone else dependent on this income? Just me. I kind of don't want kids, and pets are expensive. Yeah, you know what? Kids are expensive, and I kind of don't want pets. No, I don't want to say that because <laughs> here's the thing. Uh, I think someone who uh, probably likes pets listens to this show. Um, okay, so let's go through some numbers here. How much do you just have in boring savings? Just like you can go to the bank, take out some money. How much do you got there? I have about ten grand cash. Okay, and then what's that account number? No, I'm kidding. Don't answer that. <laughs> Sorry. I do that every time. It's such a lame joke. I, no one's laughing at this point. Yeah, that was a courtesy yeah, laugh. Yeah, I'm sure someone one day will tell you, though. Yeah, I know. That's why I keep asking. Okay, no credit card debt, no student loans. No, did, you use the, did you go to school, college or did you just military or what? I did. I, I have up to my master's degree. Oh, okay, so did you use the uh, GI Bill for that? Uh, I personally paid for my undergrad, and then GI Bill was used for grad school. This is fantastic. This is free. I'm I'm in I'm in love with this situation. You have no other debt. Um, you rent. Tell me about renting yes. versus home ownership because I don't feel like you've expressed home ownership as a goal thus far on this call or even in your notes. T- tell me about that. Is it based on where you live? Because home ownership is just different in 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 the area in which you live. Yeah, I I was planning on purchasing a home, and it's just gotten to the point where I think I waited a little too late, and now the prices in the market where I live are just, I feel like they're out of my budget. Um, You know, a two-family home now in my particular zip code is going for 400000 Okay. And that just seems like way more money than I'm willing to commit. Yeah. You know, you've got, uh, let me me set the tone here for a second. You've got... Um, $2,400 a month coming in at retirement from your military pension. And I want to give you an equivalent number of that. And what that means is you would essentially need about $600,000 to consistently reproduce $2,400 a month. Um, Actually, you know what? That's not even right. It's more than that. 
$2,400. I'm doing math on the fly on the radio, which always, and by radio, I mean podcast, which as always <laughs> makes for good listening. $720,000. You would need $720,000 to produce $2,400 a month. So while you, quote unquote, only have $42,000 set aside for retirement, the reality is, Debbie Young, full name, you have really $720,000 equivalent in that $2,400 a month pension. Okay. Does that make sense? It does. Now you can't, I mean, I, I'm, yeah. I just, I'm always worried about not saving enough. I don't know if it's just like a bad habit, but it just, it feels like far off numbers, if that makes sense. Like yeah. it's not something I see today, so I don't feel like, okay, I'll have a relatively modest retirement fund. Well, okay, so let, um, you're not off the hook, by the way. I'm not saying your job is complete, uh, because I do feel like the equivalent when you reach the age to take the pension is when you'll have 720. But in today's dollars, I mean, it's essentially maybe $120,000, uh, sort of a, a placeholder for that. But that 42000 still is not enough to produce right. the sort of income you want. But you are aggressively funding to this point. How much are you putting pre-tax into your 401k? So I put 17% of my income into the 401k. I do a 3% into the employee stock buying option. And then I increase that every year by 1% each. In my mind, I like to imagine that you're on like a treadmill right now or a uh, like an elliptical machine because they saw your your, her, your voice sort of vibrated in that last 10 seconds. Were you running into like a Coles or something? What was happening? No, I'm actually working one of my side jobs and someone was coming past me. But no, I said uh, 17% pre-tax gets bought, put into the 401k. 3% gets put into an employee stock uh, buying option. And then I increase it every year by 1%. Okay, so you're you're putting what at least twelve thousand dollars a year away, right? Yes. This is beautiful. What could go wrong? Let's let's go let's go this terrible route because honestly, you're at the very beginning of a beautiful plan. Now, some nice things have happened. Clearly, a lot of good things will happen. What can mess up this very well structured plan? Uh, loss of income, the market tanks, I'm assuming a lot. All right, I'm going to throw you off on the market tanks thing because I don't think the market tanks thing will affect you at all because you're talking 30-ish, 25 years until you need this money, 20 years. The market is going to tank, and it'll go back up, and it'll tank again, and it'll go back up. So I don't think the market is, is, a, is a threat. I would argue or agree. I'm not even arguing because I'm agreeing with you. A loss of income could cause some issues here, whether it's the core job, the part-time job, maybe at some point in time, the two of them go together, right? I mean, maybe maybe you get one job that's paying you 85 or 90 as opposed to two jobs, which, you know, creates that sort of income. Right. Is that ideal for you, or do you like the idea that one is, you know, they're sort of interchangeable? How, how do you feel about that? Uh, I mean... Personally, right now, I love my part-time job. I enjoy my full-time job. So losing the part-time job will probably be more devastating to me because who doesn't love working in sports? Um, But I am also looking to sort of have one job satisfy all of my financial needs in the long run. Do you travel much? Like, What do you do do for fun now, other than your part-time job? 
<laughs> that may be the problem. I do take a lot of expensive sports excursions, but I try to save up all the money prior to purchasing the tickets. Well, I don't think it's a bad thing. I mean, it, you've got ten grand in savings. You're aggressively saving for retirement, I and mean, you do need to enjoy yourself, right? Yeah, there's, you need to live. I'm having trouble finding the problem here, and I don't. I'm not. I don't think you think you have a problem, and I know you're putting a lot of pressure on yourself to save. But I think sometimes being in the military, other than earning the pension, it can put you behind the eight ball from an assets perspective, which I think it did a little bit. But mm-hmm. you're you're clipping along at at least twelve grand away a year going towards. I mean, you'll you'll be a multimillionaire by the time you retire, which. I don't think, I don't know, maybe your goal is to be a multi-millionaire in name, but I think more than anything, it's to live the lifestyle you want to live in Brazil, right? Right. I just, I guess because I wasn't raised with someone who was, you know, focused on ensuring that their long-term financial needs were met, then I'm always just assuming that whatever I'm doing just isn't enough. That's interesting. So, I mean, would you say you have a financial role model at this point in your life on a personal level? Uh, no, other than reading your books and getting magazines every month about how to manage your money, no. Do you talk to your friends about this, or, or are their situations different than yours? Uh, we do talk, but it, when we do have conversations, it seems like I'm doing a little better than them. Because a lot of my friends still have student loan debts and live with their parents, and that just wasn't something I wanted. So I work harder to make sure that that's not my case. You know, I... On a very personal level, I have to tell you that being able to talk positively about your financial life and hearing other positive, real scenarios of friends or acquaintances, that's a really important thing. On some level, I feel like hopefully the takeaway for you is when we part here today is that you keep yourself open to trying to find that conversation with someone uh, a mm-hmm. friend and I went out to dinner last night, a buddy of mine, and we had very frank conversations about our financial lives. And it's, you know, they were very positive conversations. And hearing someone else's positive outlook on theirs, I think you're missing that. I, I feel like if I had to change one thing about your financial life, I feel like you need not a role model in the public sense. I think you need a personal relationship with somebody that you can that you can talk about this stuff with. Does anyone come to mind, like even aspirationally that you know? Well, I do have like a couple of professors that I still keep in contact with who seem to be, you know, financially steady and, and stable. So I would probably reach out to one of them. But again, I just feel like hearing my friends when we do talk about money and, and debt and stuff like that, it just, they always throw it back on me like oh you're just a saver you're just a saver like as if i don't understand the <laughs> the crunch of debt yeah so You've you know it's hard to yeah it's hard to have a conversation with someone about long-term goals when they're still thinking about the stuff that you know is impacting them today what whereas is, i'm focused on tomorrow i guess i don't know how important this question is and i don't even know why i'm asking it but at 35 years old living where you live having exposure to the people that you have exposure to where do you put yourself? Are you average? Are you above average in terms of your financial standing? Are you below average? Where do you, where do you like to rank yourself? Uh, I think I'm average. I mean, some people think it's weird that I just have one credit card, but it has a high limit. And if I need something, I generally just try to save for it. You know, I like to use it for emergencies. You know, what really strikes me about your situation is I think based on what you currently have and don't have being debt, but what you have being the assets, 
I think I think you're right in the sense that your financial life is average from a balance sheet perspective. Mm-hmm. But I think from a, what your plan is and how you're executing on it, I would argue you're way above average. Like I think a lot of people are where you're at, but barely. <laughs> like I, I feel right. like you. Tr- this is truly the start of something beautiful that's taken a lot of work. I mean, already to to get you back to even to be here. But I mean, I I, I sort of love the situation. Now I, I'm not crazy about a part time job, which you are so dependent on. And I say that respectfully because you enjoy it. You both de- you depend on it emotionally and for joy and entertainment and those sorts of things. But I, I think eventually having one source of income in the next 10 years might be a better way to go. Um, but, Absolutely. Yeah, but other than that, I don't know. I like this a lot. I almost feel like, you know, we've got the uh, repeaters page on Facebook, you know, where, where we try to take people who really care about this stuff and let them talk about it t- together. I don't know. I think my takeaway for you today, again, is just to find someone you can talk about this personally where you're not. You ever play sports growing up? I know you're, you're in baseball now, but you ever play sports growing up? Yeah, I did basketball, softball, soccer, all the typical sports so I, I played basketball at a reasonably high level and my dad always said your goal is to to actually when you're practicing be the worst player on the court and what that means is you're playing with people who are better than you so you can get better um and i think if every financial conversation you ever have is that everyone's situation is worse than yours you know with all respect um i think you need to start finding not new friends right <laughs> none of that but finding conversations where you're on the bottom so those people can can teach you. And I know you're trying to do that via media with, with podcasts and newspapers and, and all, all those books and, and, and those are the things I provide. But I, I think you need to be the worst player in the game. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, to keep the fire burning. You do because you just, I don't know, you just learn stuff. Like a, a lot of my good friends when we talk about business, our businesses, like I'm the smallest business of that group but but i learned so much and it's no skin off their back i mean they're the dummy that wants to hang out with me i'm like you should hang out with better people than me pal <laughs> um what else what else uh this is interesting I, again it's uh, very rarely do i see a situation like this that yeah the numbers really aren't there yet but it's very obvious to me that the numbers will be there because the plan seems rather bulletproof to me right uh anything else occur to you right now that we want to talk about yeah, I mean, that's it. I mean, I, I, I worked really hard to pay off the 80K and credit card debt and student loan debt. And I just, I don't know, like, again, because I wasn't raised in a family where money was discussed, I'm learning things on the fly. And absolutely, what you said does make sense. I need to involve myself with people who are a little bit more successful to give me new ideas on how to save and, and push myself a little further. Um, but I just I just really try to stay away from debt. Like, you know, other than my excursions which i do have one planned in january i just try and save and maybe i need to eat out less but eighty thousand dollars in credit card debt that's what you paid off in my 20s yeah no one tells you uh when you're in the student union that those cards have to be paid off yeah they do sort of don't mention that do you get like at least a free t-shirt or a poly resin bear frame or anything interesting couldn't even remember i just probably you know took those people at their words and suffer the consequences later and truthfully the only reason I was had to pay it off as quickly as I did uh, was because of my 
job inside of the military. I couldn't get a higher clearance that I needed until my debt was paid. So, well, I uh, great job. Yeah, I'm just so proud of you, and I, like I feel like my day is better having talked to you. So. Uh, <laughs> It is it is incredibly impressive, and I encourage you to, again, surround yourself with some folks that you can share stories with. Is there anything else you wanted to cover before we go our separate ways today, Debbie Young? No, just, again, and then just so I'm clear, I should always defer payments on, like, Social Security until I'm 68, right? Like, don't take it when you first qualify because you get paid more the later you wait. Okay, so that's an interesting question in relation to some information you gave me earlier. If you are healthy and you have reason to believe that longevity is in your future, what you just said is true. You want to wait as long as possible. If you're not as convinced that that, that is you know, your future, and that's for you to determine, by the way, not me, then by all means, um, you would want to take a little bit earlier. Okay. All right, Debbie. Just keep plugging away and find someone that's doing a little better than me to talk about money with. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, hey, great job. I hope you have a good holiday as we record this right before uh, the, the you know big holiday season here. And I hope you have a great 2019. You too. I hope so too. Hopefully I'll save a little more. Hey, hey, keep doing it. You're doing a great job. Thank you, Debbie Young. Thank you. Thank you, Pete. All right. That's it for this week's Pete the Planner Show. I feel like I said it last week. But sometimes I talk to people and I just really like them. I really like her a lot. She makes you want to be better. And I mean, again, I, I, here's the tough part. I know some of the backstory a, a little bit here and there that, that you don't know because I know the person's name. I can Google her. That sounds creepy, but like I, I'm, I'm looking at something so impressive about this person right now online that I'm not sharing with you. But just trust me when I tell you, this is a really impressive person. You want people like this in your community. You want to know people like this. And uh, her plan will work. She's paid off $80,000. She is have a, uh, has a beautiful plan to go serve and help others in her uh, financial independence in another country. And so, uh, yeah, be Debbie Young. That's it. Have a good holiday. I'm Pete the Planner. This is uh, my show. This is for information purposes only. Not the services. Financial planning the flights. Consult Evangel Divisor. All right, you follow the podcast. How do I know this? Because you're listening right now. You might have even read one of our blogs or one of our books. But there's a whole other side of this Pete the Planner empire that you know nothing about until today. It's called your money line. It is the complete financial solution for employers. There's this whole world and it's called financial wellness. Sounds like nothing, but it's something. It's a benefit that comes to you via your employer. It helps you manage your financial life to get answers to your financial questions. Well, your money line, the company of which I'm this chief executive officer, one of the leading companies in this world that deals with financial wellness. If you are an HR person or a, in the position of leadership within your organization, go to yourmoneyline.com and schedule a demo today. If you are a wholesome, wonderful employee, reach out to your HR person and send them to yourmoneyline.com. It's time to get Pete in your workplace. I read you love,
the remote down and let me take control. You're now a part of my zone, so enjoy yourself. Love try can restore your health. I bring you greetings, uh, salutations. How you doing? And is that how y'all say it?